What do up today, Lord God? We just bless you and honor you, and we give you thanks. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We had a wonderful praise and worship this morning. Stay charged. Amen. I'm used to this group. I've seen them fizzle out when the word come forth. They go like... <laughs> Stay charged, amen. We're going to talk about doubt and unbelief today, amen. You know, it's good to have meetings like this when God is, he shows up and he's here. And then the next day you're right back, amen. But God didn't intend for it to be like that. And I know most of you are not like that. But God wants our lives to be full of joy and full of blessing, amen. Full of everything that shows and proves that you are children of God. Amen. Hallelujah. A peculiar people. A chosen generation. Amen. End time army. Are you part of the church or are you part of the end time army? I'm going to let you think about that today. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Doubt and fear. The thief of the greater blessing. What is the greater blessing? The greater blessing is everything that God has for you. Everything. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. The greater blessing is all that God has for you. The fullness of him. And everything that he has, that's what you are. Everything that you need, God fulfills it. Amen. So, but doubt and unbelief will rob you of the greater blessing. Amen. That's the greater blessing. What God wants for you. Amen. What God has for you. The greater blessing. But you can still get victory. Amen. Hallelujah. So, everybody is looking for a sovereign move of God. Now, we love sovereignty. But sovereignty is not the greater blessing. Amen. See, it's quiet in here. <laughs> but when there's a sovereign move of God or a sovereign act of God, God comes out with his mighty hand and he does it anyway. Even when we mess up. Even when our faith fails us. But if you want the greater blessing, it's when your faith proves out. Amen. That's the, that's the greater blessing. See, it's real quiet in this Presbyterian church (laughs) but I will give you an example hallelujah but let me finish with my intro it's always good when God moves to save us but the greater blessing is when we please God amen see there's a way that you can obey God please him and 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 get what you need too. the greater blessing is when we please God Now, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the greater blessing is when you use your faith to get your needs met and you please God. Y'all got that? The greater blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. When we allow our faith to move the mountains that stands in front of us, that's the greater blessing. When we use our faith 
to do anything that the the word of God tells us to do. We please God when we use faith because without it, it's impossible to please God. That's the greater blessing. So I know sometimes in times of crisis, we don't care how that mountain gets moved. I understand on one of them. Amen. Just move, God. Move. Move on my behalf. But there is a greater blessing. And that's when we use our faith and believe God. When we make a decision that this word is true. When we make a decision that this is true. And we line up our beliefs with what's in the word. That's the greater blessing. Amen. Because the blessings of God are without sorrow. But there's no sorrow when God steps in and does anything for you. But when you use your faith, there's always extra, something extra. I don't know, really know how to say it. But there's something extra, like a greater blessing. Because it is the greater blessing. There's more. It's like you just ask God for a car and you use your faith to get it. You wind up with top of the line. Amen. Amen. And so that's the greater blessing is in your faith. Amen. How many of you believe me? Hallelujah. We believers love it when we have all the things that we need. And it, but it takes faith. We have, and this is why you, you hear so many teachings on faith. And if you don't hear a lot of them, you should. Because faith is always the order of the day. Always. You cannot live without faith. You cannot please God without faith. And so it's always the order of the day and it will never go stale on you. Amen. Hallelujah. So God wants us to use our faith. Let's go to Mark eleven twenty three, And you know what it is. I think we went over it yesterday. But we're going to go over it again today. God wants us to use our faith for the supernatural to take effect. Amen. Hallelujah. We can have a a move of God, but it's a sovereign move. The supernatural move is when you use your faith. Does that make sense to you? Mark 11, 23. Hallelujah. And I'm wishing I had my glasses cleaned. (laughs) Look, my granddaughter's all looking. Somebody get me something to clean my glasses. They're just looking at me like, hmm, thank you. Oh, that's okay. Miss Nola has it. Jasmine. Thank you, Miss Nola. You all excuse me for one minute. Oh, that's good. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I wasn't going to say anything, but I said, well, I think I better get my glasses. Oh, I was missing. Hi, (laughs) y'all. Real good. I need healing. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) All right. Mark 11, 23. And it talks about speaking to the mountain. It says, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. Now, what does it say you have to do? Say. Amen. You don't say, then you see when you speak, I'm going to just repeat this from yesterday. When you say, when you say what God has said, when you say what's scriptural, then you are quoting what God says and you're creating. You're creating your world. 
Amen. You're forming your world. You know, the, wor- the world was formed by the words of God. So when you, when you speak to the mountain, you want some water? When you speak to want water? When you speak to the mountain, you are creating your world. Are y'all in agreement? Hallelujah. So let me keep reading. Whenever you say to the mountain, amen. In other words, never talk defeat. Say what God says. Be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Now see, there's that word doubt. Because doubt causes the greater blessing to be either not come or be delayed until you can get your faith conducive to uh, the atmosphere of miracles. I'll put it like that. Amen. And so it says here, do not doubt in your heart. Hallelujah. But believe that those things he say will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. So it says, do not doubt but believe. And so 24 says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Amen. Because your faith works by simply saying so. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. But you have to believe you receive them and you shall have them and forgive Verse 25, I'm not going to leave that out. Hallelujah. And whenever you stand praying, if you have ought against anyone, forgive him. And your Father in heaven will also forgive your trespasses. Because faith works by love. Forgiveness works by faith. Amen. Well, I don't feel like forgiving them. Forgive them by faith. Faith works by love. Your love will cause your faith to work. Amen. And so you must obey what God is telling you. Hallelujah. Let's go back to, let's keep going to Mark. Let's go to Matthew 14. I thought it was Mark 14. Go back to Matthew 14. And it talks about Peter. And this is my example I was going to give you when Peter walked on the water. Yeah, we know the story, but God wants to show us a little something. Amen. I think it's verse 25. Yeah, 25. It says, now in the fourth watch, that's around uh, between 3 and 6 a.m. of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. If you saw somebody walking on water in the night or between 3 and 6 a.m., you would probably scream too, amen? So they're no different from we are. <laughs> Some people think the disciples were some great men and, God, men and women of God, but they were just like me and you. They were just like us, amen? Hallelujah. It says, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. He warned them of the one thing that would rob them of their faith. Amen. See, God is always there to help us. 
In every situation, in every time of trouble, he is always there. 28 says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, Come. Amen. He simply said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, He was afraid and beginning to sink and cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Because doubt is a robber. Jesus warned him not to be afraid because fear is doubt. But he was afraid and he doubted. Now a lot of people criticize Peter. Because he began to sink, because he doubted. But I I look at it like this. Have you ever tried to walk on water? I haven't. (laughs) You ever desired to walk on water? I don't like water. Amen. But Peter saw Jesus doing something that was spectacular, supernatural, uh, uh, awesome thing and he wanted to walk with him it's not that he wanted to do what Jesus was doing to be important but he wanted to walk with him therefore share in his exploits amen he wanted to share those things that were miraculous I can't put it any other way and so he said that, and that was Peter's faith for all the pe- people that come against Peter That was his faith beckoning to Jesus. If it's of you, tell me to come and I'll come. And so that was Peter's faith. But this is the the thing that I believe God wants us to get. When he saw the storm, when the winds became boisterous and the storm came, he took his eyes off Jesus because Jesus had extended his hand out for him to come The storm was around them, or your circumstances, and he took his eyes off Jesus and put them on the storm or the circumstances, the storms of life. And so God is saying to us, do not concentrate or look at or allow the storms of life to take your eyes off him. Take your eyes off his abilities. Take your eyes off his his, abilities. wondrous works those things that he's capable of doing those things that he's done so many times don't take your eyes off what jesus can do for you amen amen and and peter for a moment took his eyes off of jesus and allowed the storm to grab his attention in other words his faith waned and he began to Look at the circumstances or, or follow after what he saw. You know, when you're in faith, faith is believing without seeing. So when you live, that's living by faith. But when you live by sight, you live by what's going on around you. I don't have any money. You know, I can't do this. I can't. I don't live like that anymore. Amen. If God assigns me to do a specific thing, I know I'm going to do it. I may not know how. But I'm confident that God will 
come in even in the 11th hour. Because he's an 11th hour God. He will come through for you because he's operating out of your faith. Amen. And so Peter took his, his concentration or his eyes off of what God was doing. And he put them on the circumstances around him. And that's why Peter began to fall. But still, when he cried out to God, God extended his hand. And he grabbed him. Now, that, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about the greater. The greater blessing was him to walk on that water by faith. He still walked. He didn't walk long. But he walked. But because Peter walked and cried out, are y'all here? He cried out. Amen. When you cry out, God will not neglect you. Amen. He will always answer you. But the greater blessing is to get it by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. The greater blessing in this situation would have been Peter continuing to walk on the water. Above all circumstances. Amen. But he let what was visible grab his attention. Amen. And his faith fell. Amen. God is sovereign. And it was a sovereign act. But that's the lesser blessing. Not, it's not that. You know, we're glad to get any kind of blessing. Don't hear me wrong. Amen. Because God is full of grace and mercy. He's full of, he's moved by compassion. And when you cry out, he's going to answer. But you know what? It's so good when you can use your faith. Train your, your, yourself. Train your thinking by renewing your mind in the word. And that's what causes your faith to work. Amen. You cannot think wrong and receive good results or right results. Right results come from thinking right. Amen. When you're in fear and unbelief and doubt, you're thinking wrong. And when you think wrong, you get the wrong results. Hallelujah. But the greater blessing was Peter to continue to walk with God and enjoy what God had for him. Because we don't know what would have happened if they could have walked that whole uh, body of water. The things that he could have shown him. You understand from walking with God like Enoch. There's no clue. We don't have a clue as to what might have happened. And it would have been printed in this book and we could have been reading about it. You understand what I'm saying? Had he continued to walk with God, but it doesn't make Peter a bad person. Amen. You know, when I was in a religious uh, denominational church, when I would hear this story about Peter, it was the question of the day was always, why did Peter fall? Why? But it's not really not important if you don't allow that to help you. Amen. It's like what was the thorn in Paul's flesh? Unimportant. It clearly says in the Bible it was a messenger from Satan. But you know, when you get into this religion and you get into wanting to know it all, you're always going to try to analyze everything. Well, why did Peter, why did he do this? It was Peter's idea to walk on the water. That was Peter's faith. Amen. And his faith proved out. It's just that when the devil is always trying to mess us up and he sent the storm. Amen. And when he did, Peter took his eyes off of what God was doing 
and and looked at what was going on around him, the circumstances around him, and uh, and that's good in a, this way because it's teaching us what not to do. It's teaching us how to trust our faith and to put our faith in action. And if we have weak faith, to work on our faith so it will become strong faith because there's all kind of faith. Amen. All kind of faith. And so we want to make our faith the faith that pleases God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew, back to Matthew 13. Hallelujah. So don't have doubt and unbelief because it will rob you of the greater blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Peter started off strong. God wants us to finish strong. And that's what staying with God and not paying attention to what's going on around you, walking by faith and not by sight, that will get you where you need to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Your faith will cause mighty works to happen and the atmosphere around you will affect you negatively. So if it's not charged with faith, do you know you can't do anything for God? Amen. Let's go over that. Let's see. I didn't tell you to um, Matthew thirteen fifty four. Yeah, it's good to have a good atmosphere around you. Having right people around you. Amen. You cannot do mighty works of faith listening to the wrong thing. You cannot produce mighty acts of God with the wrong atmosphere being around you. Amen. I know people think they can. I used to think that too. But it won't happen. Amen. You have to keep all negative people, negativity away from you. You have to make a decision. You're either going to work for God and you're going to be a a child of God or you're going to be a carnal Christian like most people. Amen. But the choice is up to you. So we are affected naturally and supernaturally by atmosphere. Amen. Think about it. If your atmosphere is not conducive to miracles, there will be none. Just won't be. If your atmosphere is charged with faith, like when we all had praise and worship in here earlier, you'll see mighty miracles. You just will. Amen. Okay, so let's see. Let's go to, let's read 54. It says, and this is talking about Jesus. In 53, it says, Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. And when he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom? Amen. And these mighty works. See, already questioning him. Well, I'll put it like that. They were questioning his credentials like people do. (laughs) You know, you don't fit the bill. Verse 55. This is not the carpenter's son. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Josie, Jose? I mean, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, them too. Simon and Judas. Baby and all of them, you know. <laughs> Isn't it? That's their cousin. <laughs> so what is he doing? <laughs> Amen. 
57 says, So they were offended at him, but Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his house. Now he did not do any many mighty works there because of their unbelief. See, when people get too familiar, they were familiar with him. You know, well, you know, I knew him when he was a little boy. It's kind of like when we get older and we don't really want to take, you know, like if the pastor, you go back home, let's just say that. And the pastor of the church is somebody you knew when your next door neighbor when he was. And you say, oh, that's so-and-so's son. That's the pastor? I don't want to hear from him. You know, something like that. Well, that's the way it was with Jesus. And so that created a negative atmosphere. Amen? Are y'all here? And this is why it said that he did not do mighty works there. 57. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. They were in unbelief. See, if you, that familiarity will cause uh, unbelief. I, you know, he don't, I know, he, he don't know. You know, I knew them when they were on welfare. You know, what, you know how it is. They won't do, you know. I don't think he, you know, went to the right schools or whatever. You know how it is. And so it will cause people's unbelief to not work. It will, I mean, I'm sorry, it will cause their faith not to work and they will be in unbelief. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we have to watch those things. Let's go to Mark 6. And we'll finish this about, this situation about atmosphere. Mark 6, verse 4. Let's see, Mark 6, verse 4. And it says here, it says, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Amen. It's kind of like nobody wants to listen to the prophet. My father was the prophet of our house. Think about it. We didn't know it at the time. (laughs) But he led his family. He spoke into our lives to the day he died. Amen. We didn't realize that he was a prophet until we were in ministry, you know, or maybe somewhere close to that. But I'm thankful we didn't know because it might have hindered our faith. You understand? But he spoke into our lives all the time. Amen. And sometimes when you're aware of things, you have to kind of second guess people. Well, now, was that God or was that his flesh? So me, for me, I can say I was glad I wasn't aware of it. I knew that everything he spoke was so profound. And I always, it would leave me wondering, where'd that come from? I appreciated it more when I became born again and I was grown, you know. But... I I can think back of so many times that he would just say small things and it would go so a long way because those words were anointed. They were from heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know how much my mother was going (laughs) to appreciate it. But 
We did as his four daughters. We appreciated it, but we we appreciated it more as we got older. Amen. So let's see, where was I? Verse 5. Now, he could do no mighty works there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Are y'all here? I'll read it again. He could not do many mighty works there except, except, except that he laid his, his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Now how does the laying on of hands work? It works with your faith. With the person who's laying on the hands. Y'all see why he did a few works with his hands? He laid hands on the people and a few got healed. And that means that they didn't come up to him with faith. Or it could mean that it didn't take much faith for them to get what they needed. But he, it says he laid hands. Wait, let me do it again. It says he could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Verse 6 says, and he marveled. Because of their unbelief. And then he went about the villages in a circuit doing what? Teaching. Because he knew that these people needed more teaching. Amen. But when you lay hands on a person, I don't care who you are. you got to have faith for their request. Jesus had faith for their request. That's why it specifically says he laid his hands. Amen. Hallelujah. And so there's always something that God is trying to show us through a scripture. I don't care how many times we've read it. Amen. So, in other words, he laid hands on a few people. A few people. Amen. Didn't it say a few? He laid hands on a few. Now, you know for yourself, Jesus always prayed and preached to the multitudes. And he had many, many healings. Many signs and wonders. But in this atmosphere, in his hometown, he could only do very few. And he had to use his face to get them done. Amen. Hallelujah. Many didn't come with faith. And so there were not many mighty works. What does mighty works mean? It means people who were crippled didn't get healed. People who were blind didn't get blind didn't get healed. People who were in wheelchairs didn't get healed. You know, all of the uh, people on crutches didn't get healed. Y'all understand what I'm saying? No mighty works were done. But a few people with minor ailments, if you look in the translation, you write that down. Look at it. Amen. I got a witness. It says minor ailments. Amen. Doesn't take a whole lot of faith for minor ailments. But that's why it doesn't say the man with palsy. Or the leper was healed. None of those people were healed because the atmosphere was charged with unbelief instead of faith. Amen. And that's why it's good to pray whenever you go somewhere. If people extend invitations to you, pray, pray, pray. Because every invitation is not an open door. Amen. Amen. Some people just want an invitation. And they go, oh, we had a mighty move of God, but did you get God's best? Was his, the best, you know, his, did you please God when you went? Amen. Hallelujah. 
And so God will never, you know, the steps of a righteous man is ordered by God. He will not lead you to a place that's not, just because you got the invitation don't mean you're supposed to be there. Amen. Don't be afraid to clap. Clap. Because <laughs> it's true. It's true. Amen. And so we need to stop playing this game of, of, of popularity and notoriety. Amen. You have to be... You have to be just as satisfied preaching to a few as preaching to many. A lot of people think a few mean your ministry is not doing anything. That's not what it means. See, God uses the foolish thing to confine the wisdom of the wise. Y'all know what I'm saying. So maybe a small group may invite you in and God tells you to go. And then maybe a, a church of 10,000 may invite you in and, and God tell you don't go. And I get that, that strategy because sometimes the bigger groups are big groups because the Holy Spirit left the building. Not saying all of them. Not saying all of them. Y'all understand what I'm saying? But you know, they commercialize. These churches to get people to come. Book bags and cars. I know a church that give away cars. Book bags. I always say I want to stop by there, get a car, but God don't lead me to do that. But you know what I'm saying. They give away cars and just a lot. Uh, uh, they play basketball. They build an auditoriums in the church. And there was this one church, and this is a true story. I'll just say this right now. Somebody who needed prayer, they saw cars in the parking lot, they went in, and it was on a Wednesday. And he said, maybe I can get prayer here. And they said, oh, this basketball night. Went in. True. This basketball night. So that's what I'm saying. So everywhere that you are extended an invitation, that doesn't mean God wants you to be there. So you have to pray and get God's approval on these things. Amen. But back to the word. No cripples were healed. Amen. No blinds received their sight. Because there was no faith. It's not on Jesus. With Jesus, he could have healed them. He responds by faith. Amen. He wanted to heal those people. Just like he wants to heal you and me. There was nothing that he would have loved better than to heal those people. But there was nothing drawing him like the woman with the issue. She said, if I can just touch. Amen. And she touched a string on his clothes and he looked back. He said, who touched me? Because he felt the power and the virtue coming out of his body by touching his strings. (laughs) Amen. That's power. You see how powerful faith is? Faith is powerful. And guess what? He's given all of us the measure. Every one of us sitting here have faith. Don't try to say you don't. Each, everybody has the measure. What's the measure? The amount that you need. Amen. The amount that you need to get the work done. Hallelujah. So it was Jesus' will to heal them. But the atmosphere stopped him because of no faith. Be sure the people you hang around are encouraging you in the things of God. Amen. 
Stop being influenced by those that bring wrong atmosphere. Did you know gossip bring wrong atmosphere? Just in case you didn't know. Wrong thinking, wrong talk. Because if you think wrong, you're going to talk wrong. And sometimes you just have to shut nice people. So I shut you down. You understand? <laughs> it ain't nice, but what you going to do? Let them affect you in the wrong way? You just have to shut them down. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus was anointed and appointed by God. If for all those that still wondering, because I know, I used to wonder. Now, I know he could have. He could have helped somebody. He could have raised some cripple up or some paraplegic. You know, he could have healed them. But, and you know, I was wondering if the atmosphere took the power out of him. Does that make sense? But it didn't because he was anointed and appointed for the job. Let's go to Luke 4. Let's flip on over to Luke. And let's read about that. Luke 4, verse 17. Where is 17? Here it is. It says, And he was handed, and this is Jesus, the book of the of prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where, he, where it was written. Verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You know it. It's Isaiah 61. It says, Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover sight to the blind. See, he could have healed somebody who was blind. He was definitely equipped to do that job. So it wasn't him. Amen. It wasn't him. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And verse 20 says, then he closed the book. Gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, or it's fulfilled in your ears. In other words, Jesus was saying, Look, crowd, you can have this now. How? Now faith. Now faith. See, Jesus knows that faith is right now. And this is why he said this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. He means you can have it now by using your faith. You don't have to wait. These miracles have been released. This faith has been released. Amen. Hallelujah. And so in 22, I think this is an important scripture. It says, so all bore witness to him. And marveled at the gracious words which were that proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? See, they were back there again. Checking his credentials. Creating an atmosphere of no miracles. Amen. He was in church. He was in church, y'all. <laughs> he was in church. Y'all following me? Amen. No faith in the atmosphere. They went back to trying to critique him and to figure out who he was. That's Joseph's boy again. There he is again. Amen. He was anointed and appointed. (laughs) But faith had to be added to produce miracles. 
the greater blessing. It's not on the prophet. It's on me and you. Amen. Whenever you get a prophecy, if it don't come to pass, it's your fault. I don't care what kind of pro- what kind what the prophet is doing. Believe the prophets, you receive a prophet's reward. Amen. God won't rewrite the Bible to please me and you, but it's just up to us if we take those words and we live by them and we. Make a decision that that is for me. Then you develop your faith to get what you want. Amen. And nine times out of ten it comes anyway. Amen. Or God has already spoken it to you. And that that, uh, prophecy is a confirmation of what God has already said. Amen. Hallelujah. Has that ever, ever happened to anybody? It's happened to me. Hallelujah. The 12 spies that went out were negative and they missed it. And they were moved by the spirit. I'm sorry. (laughs) The sight. Nobody caught it anyway. Should have been moved by the spirit and they were moved by sight. The 12 spies. But two were moved by the spirit. Amen. And those two that moved by the spirit... And they saw more than what was in front of them. You know, they didn't move by sight. They moved by faith. And they believed what was said. And when that happened, they entered in to that, that promise. They entered in to Joshua and Caleb. And the other two that believed the grasshoppers fiasco, I'll put it like that, they didn't enter in. Amen. Why not? Because of their faith. Amen. They, they allowed sight to put doubt and fear inside of them. Amen. So you have to remember something when you're facing challenges. Sight, doubt, fear in that order. Sight, doubt, fear. Amen. And that's what happened. Your eyes look at something and it don't look like it don't look right. Don't look like it's going to happen. And it puts doubt inside of you and then fear comes. And then you wonder why God won't move. And it's because of sight. You start living by sight and not by faith. And that's what Peter it's what happened to Peter when the storm came. He was moved by what he saw. But the just shall live by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So Joshua and Caleb stayed in faith by considering not. They considered not. Are you a consider not? I am now. I'm a consider not. You have to consider not the pain in your body. But I am healed. Thank you Jesus that I am healed. By Jesus stripes I was healed. Although I have pain. I'm already healed. That's the already factor. I like that. The already factor is I am healed. Do I feel healed? No. Am I acting healed? Yes. Why? Because I want my actions to catch up and increase and produce my faith. What my faith is standing for. Or however you want to put it. But see, faith works by a corresponding action. There must be a corresponding action to your faith. So when you merge the two, 
you get the results. Amen. And the results are always good. Hallelujah. And that's the greater blessing. The greater blessing comes when your faith is not moved by or your faith don't allow doubt and unbelief. Or you don't allow doubt and unbelief. That's the right thing to hinder your faith. You don't allow it because you don't entertain it. What you do is you stay with what God has already spoken. I'm staying with what God has already done. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. I, al- I have already received my healing because it's already done. See, healing is a gift. Amen. And all you have to do is receive it by faith. So by faith, I receive my healing. Amen. Do I feel it? No. Will I feel it? Yes. Amen. Because I'm going to keep walking in the newness of life, which old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new, and God has already done it. And so we're redeemed from the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. And sickness is a curse. So see, if you sit down and you analyze everything God has said, you'll come up with the right answer. That God's already done it. That your faith will win out. Your faith will please God. See, because we have to please God. And the only thing pleases Him is what is written in His Word. Amen? We have to measure up to what's written. But it's not beyond us to, to do that. It's not beyond us. It's very easy for us to do what God says because he's given us the helper, the Holy Spirit. Jesus is your intercessor praying for you forever making intercession. We have, we're set up to win, not to fail. There's no failure in the kingdom of God. Amen. And so if you are standing on God's word for your healing, if you don't feel healed, you keep saying healed. I am healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And people love to ask, well, how you feel? Well, I'm healed. How you think I feel? <laughs> so they entered into the promise because they live by faith and not by sight. Amen. And that's the greater blessing. But their unbelief and fear stopped most of them, the, t- the ten people. They didn't come back with a good report. Why? Because they... They believed what they saw. And so you have to look into the unseen realm and see the blessings of God. See, it's like this. When you, if you're down and if you're sick, do you see yourself raised up out of the bed or raised up out of the, do you see yourself well? I do. Amen. If you're praying for a spouse, do you see yourself married? If you're praying for children, do you see yourself with kids? Do you see yourself being a parent? Do you buy little things like a third place with a little sippy cup, putting it right there? You do whatever it takes. We know people that have done it and and received. Amen? They were told to set a place. I think Sheree told somebody buy a high chair, invest in the big thing. And they looked at her like, high chair? And they did it and they got pregnant, didn't they? Told her, don't pray for no more babies. No more babies. 
pray for money to feed them. <laughs> so, so that's a corresponding action to your faith. It's like this. Look, devil, leave me alone. I mean business. And I'm going to get this. This is God is going to give me this miracle. And I'm going to put everything into it that I can. And if I have to spend money, put my money where my mouth is, that's what I'm going to do. Amen. So I think they had to get three. And was there a fourth one or was that the brother? Four. And they says, no more babies. <laughs> Amen. But see, that's the power of God. That's somebody that just took the word simply as a child and said, I'm going to do that because I want that so much. And they received. Amen. Hallelujah. So faith power is a lot stronger than willpower. Let me tell you why I'm saying that. Because I heard when I was in traditional church and a lot of people would say, see, I just remember things like that. Peter walked by willpower. He didn't walk by God's power. He was walking by willpower because he wanted to do it so bad. Amen. Amen. But see, number one, I feel like it doesn't really matter what kind of power he used. He walked on water, did you? Number two, willpower and faith power is two different things. It, it's an element of faith in because you have to have a certain will to fight. Y'all understand what I'm saying? But you're, in doing that, your faith will take over and encourage and boost you into the spiritual realm where all the goodies are. So don't, I'm not trying to put down willpower, but it's not faith power. Amen? It's two different things. Well, it's different, but there's an element of faith in will. Because I know you've talked to sick people. Most of you go in here, you, you pray for people. And they have absolutely no will. To even live. Amen. But there's, but your willpower has to have something to boost it out of the natural realm into the spiritual realm. And that's faith. Amen. That's faith. And so they said that Peter walked by willpower. And I'm saying, did you? I mean, come on now. And so what we have to do is... Is live by faith because that's what the just does. The just live by faith. And it's always to do it the way God wants you to do it because that's the greater blessing. Amen. The greater blessing is to do things God's way. Amen. I'm going to wrap it up. Let's go to Matthew 8. Let's go back. Sorry to have you going back and forth, but it didn't come to me until later. All right. 8 verse 5. And we want great faith. Great faith can come because great faith is the faith that pleases God. And it will come. Although I'm not saying weak faith. I mean, weak faith is a start. Amen? Like I say, it's all kind of faith. Weak faith, great faith. And, and Jesus addressed every single one of them. Great is your faith. Amen? And then he told the disciples when they couldn't cast the demon out of the little boy, where is your faith? You know, so that, I guess that was no faith. So you can't, but you know what I'm saying. 
Okay. So Matthew 8, 5. And this is about the centurion. It says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came, excuse me, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak, speak a word. And my servant will be healed. Now see, when he said, I'm not worthy, to me I felt his humility, number one. And number two, when just the very fact that he told Jesus, just speak it, that was such great faith. It's like, I got so much faith in you, I got faith in your words. You don't have to come to my house because it may not be clean. (laughs) But if you speak a word. My servant will be healed. Because see, his faith was so strong. And see, that's the way it is. When you speak a word, you have to know that when you speak the word of God, you are framing your, your world. You're framing your life. You are um, speaking into or you are, we talked about it yesterday. I can't remember what I said about that. But you're framing your life. You're creating, that's what I said, you're creating your future by what you say. And so in the same way, this centurion was was creating a life for his servant. And he was paralyzed, so he didn't have much of a life, did he? Amen. So he says, where am I at? And Jesus said in verse 7 to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. Oh, I read that. But speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 10 says, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said, to those who followed assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Amen. See, this man understood authority and he understood how it worked, the ranks of authority. He understood all of that. And he understood that when you gave an order, it was supposed to be carried out. He figured the same with Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Only he's got power. Amen. And so he says, he, Jesus said he had not seen such great faith, not even in Israel. No one had ever said, speak it, like speak to the mountain in, in Mark eleven twenty three. Speak to the mountain and it will be moved and cast into the sea. Same concept. And that's what he's saying. That's a lot of faith when you can take from that, that scripture and do exactly what that scripture tells you to do and see results and get results. And you will get results. You will get results. All you have to do is speak to the mountain because you have to understand that you're speaking God's words. You're not speaking your words. You're speaking the words of God. Amen. And when you speak what, what's already been spoken, there's a power on that word to get the job done. Amen. Hallelujah. So great faith goes a long way. Stay with God step by step like Peter had started out to do. 
And he will teach you and lead you and guide you. Learn to consider not the circumstances. I know I keep saying that, but you have to become a consider not. Amen. You have to understand that the circumstances around you does not dictate your outcome unless you allow it. You know, like, I knew that was going to happen. Well, it's because you already had the whole thing thought out and processed and planned. You're not expecting any um, inter. You're not expecting God to intervene your situation because you started it, you've completed it, finished it, completed it. But God is the author and the finisher of your faith. Let him finish these things. Amen. Trust him to finish these things. Amen. You know, let him, just trust him to do uh, exceedingly and abundantly. Above all, you could ever do. Or if you could ever ask or think. Allow him to do whatever it is that needs to be done. And don't blame Jesus. <laughs> Amen. I have one more. Matthew 17. Amen. Matthew 17. Verse 14. Hallelujah. The boy is healed. This is this epileptic boy. And this is when I think the disciples could not perform the healing. Amen. It says in 14, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic. And suffers severely, for the for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So, in other words, when he has a seizure, he's having seizures. This seizure or this demonic spirit throws him around and tries to kill him because it throws him in the fire or throws him in the water. So, this thing is trying to kill him. Amen. And this father is very concerned. Verse 16. So I bought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. And then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. (laughs) Bring him unto me. Verse 18 says, And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. And then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, are y'all here? You will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. So he's quoting Mark. 11:23 to him say to the mountain amen and he's saying that these things work but a lot of people i've heard them, them say well you know they were just the disciples and jesus was jesus and this is why no 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 it says let's see i did write that down i think it's in matthew 10:17 or somewhere third john 2 where it says that jesus gave them Dominion and power over all devils. So they have been given the authority. I have given you authority. And so they were given the authority. It didn't say they couldn't. 
Now they did ask Jesus, if I'm not mistaken, let's see, let me go back. Why couldn't we? When they spoke among themselves, why could we have not? They could have, because they had been given the authority. They had been given the power. They had the same power and authority Jesus had. But they were looking in the natural. Amen. This is why they didn't do it. Amen. They had been given power to cast out demons. But this one, they marveled at. You ever seen something that just looked overwhelming? And you say, I've done it. People come up to in the healing school and I'm like, you know. But you have to go by faith. You get over your little marvel session in one minute. And then you, you dig into faith. And you say, I know God is with me. And this, this is no different from any, somebody with a headache. And you have to look like that. Amen. You have to bring your faith with you or stay home. Amen. You have to bring your faith with you. And so God wants us to be, I'm not going to say daredevils because then that will bring out the wrong spirit in people. Because I've seen them too. But he wants us to trust him enough to be bold as lions. Amen. Because the righteous are bold as lions. And he wants you to use that boldness to go out and do a work for him. If somebody on your job has a seizure. Y'all remember Trudy that had that seizure on the bus? And everybody was looking at me like, what you going to do? And I had to do what I had to do. You have to have the bold, enough boldness to step into whatever it is. That's needed at that particular time. And I had to understand that it was not my power. But it was God's power. Amen. And I'm like, God, back me up. Because this woman, the devil's trying to kill her on this bus. Amen. I praise God. And God is so faithful. And then I had the people of this ministry in faith praying in, in the spirit. And she got up laughing. Amen. And so you have to trust God. Trust him and know that it's not your power. Amen. It's not your, you've been given, it's your authority. But it's his power. Amen. And all things are possible to him that believe. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He gives you the strength. Amen. And so you have to understand that there's, A few ways that you can accomplish some things. But when you want to accomplish God's best, when you want to get the blessing, you have to do things by faith, through faith. You have to do it by faith. And you have to be in Him. Amen. If you are in Him, then these things will work for you. They always work. God's ways are not past finding out. Amen. We have the mind of Christ. And we can do all things through him who is inside of us. Amen. So you have to have faith. Trust God. Trust your faith. Trust what's on the inside of you. And don't let the devil talk you out of it. Amen. So you can be a would-be like Peter. Would have been okay had he kept walking. But you want to be a person that walks and talks with God and not let the storms of life take you under. Amen. And so don't look at the storm. My thing is this. Don't look at 
the seen realm. We are really uh, supernatural visionaries that can see through the invisible realm. We can see past what's in front of us. And so you have to see victory. Every time you face a problem. See victory in your life. See victory in everything you do. Amen. And you know that God will never let you fall. He will never let you miss it. But you'll be like an aimed sniper. And you'll hit the bullseye every time. Amen. If you trust God. And don't trust in yourself. Some trust in chariots and horses. But we will trust in the living God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm done. Father, we thank and praise you.